otherwise known as the Sansei Traveler. I'm here to bring you the latest in active adventure, culinary, and wellness travel as a travel advisor, writer, blogger, and photographer. I'm glad you're here. Hey everyone, this is Janice Cotta Schultz, the Sansei Traveler. Um, so yeah, um, I know I've said that I wanted to try to record even just short episodes every week. And the problem is, is that, um, you know, I've had some uh, challenges in the last few weeks uh, with uh, a family member, um, just uh, health issues that involve this family member. I'm not going to get into the details right now because I don't really want to... Um, invade uh, that person's privacy right now and um, but I will say that it has affected a lot of what I've done um, over these past few weeks a lot of the you know writing that I do the travel agent business I even had to come home early um, from the cruise planners convention which was something I was also going to talk about um, but I'm also uh, just trying something new with the audio here um, for the times when I'm on the road and I can't take my microphone and my headphones uh, with me um, or I'm not, you know, obviously talking to somebody, um, I'm actually just recording this right to my computer. So if the audio quality doesn't sound the best, now you know why. But sometimes that will happen because I will want to take, um, you know, this on the road and while I travel, um, not wait till I get home, um, because I just need to, just like with everything in life, just get this done. Um, just do it, as Nike says. And so, um, so what I was actually going to talk about originally was uh, my trips to Chicago and LA, which were about a month ago now. But I always wanted to um, just let you know, just share with you, um, you know, some of the things that I did. Um, I decided not to not to um, uh, talk about Los Angeles. I can talk about Los Angeles a lot. Um, I go there a lot. Um, the only thing that I was going to mention about LA was the ch Chinese chicken salad I ate at Mendocino Farms, which was really good. But I didn't think that that was probably something that was worth mentioning in an episode. So what I will talk about is Chicago. Um, which is a place I don't go to too often, but uh, have managed to go there twice in the last year. Uh, last year we went to visit some colleges for my younger daughter, um, and she ended up applying to one of them. DePaul got in, was thinking about going, and then I think ultimately decided not to because one, we don't know anybody in Chicago, you know, no friends or family members. And then number two, I don't know if she would have been able to handle the uh, cold, um, the extreme cold that comes there with the wind, the lake effect, as they call it. And so I think those are the things that determined uh, her decision not to go there. So anyways, but, um, but I will talk about two things in Chicago. And uh, uh, one is going to Wrigley Field. And if you're a big baseball fan, obviously uh, Wrigley Field is one of those 
um, you know, holy grail places or, you know, bucket list places, whatever you want to call it. One of those things you have to go do when you are, um, when you, um, are in town and, um, you know, there's a baseball game, obviously during baseball season, um, which is something that my older daughter and I got to do. We're both big baseball fans of the San Francisco Giants, as I think I've mentioned before. And, um, we got to see them play the Cubs and, um, you know, Chicago, uh, I think the, the fans there, they don't care if their team is winning or losing. They show up. And uh, that was no exception with uh, the uh, fans at Wrigley Field. Um, it was completely full, even though I think the Cubs were about 18 games out of first place. So obviously not contending anymore for any kind of postseason. And uh, <laughs> so they um, and they were just as enthusiastic as if they were contending. And they didn't seem to care that we were Giants fans cheering on our team and getting you know enthusiastic about it. Uh, nobody gave us you know, any flack for it. And uh, it is just a fun, uh, storied place. Um, it's, you know, old, but, you know, it's not creaky old. Um, you can tell that, you know, if you go inside, though, and walk the uh, concourse area where all the food and uh, concessions are, um, that it is kind of an older place. But um, I think they've um, spiffed it up enough that you don't think that, oh, the building is going to be falling down. I mean, it's, it's, it's a great little place. And um, it's fun to see the um, ivy-covered uh, outfield. Um, no other, I think, ballpark in the country has that. Um, and then, of course, above that is the you know famed bleachers, which it's interesting. It's the only part of the park that you cannot go to unless you have a ticket. And so when we wanted to go um, try a sandwich place by um, Food Network uh, personality Jeff Morrow, who I think is a Chicago native, um, he has a sandwich stand there. We were going to go try and get our lunch there. We were not able to go there. And so that was kind of a bummer. Um, so that's the other part of Wrigley Field that I was going to talk about. Um, we weren't able to get really good food there. <laughs> um, I was wanting to get a Chicago-style deep dish pizza from Giordano's, which according to the ballpark app, um, MLB ball ballpark app, said that they were there. But as it turned out, um, I think all the Giordano stands became home run in pizza in to me, home run pizza, I've seen it before. It's like, it's something that's, um, you, you can buy in the stores here. It's a frozen pizza. It's just a regular um, thin crust pizza. And I was just like, oh, maybe it was really good, but I just decided not to get it because it just seemed like ordinary pizza to me. So what we did was we tried to just cobble together a lunch of um, oat milk, uh, frozen yogurt in a little souvenir uh, Cubby's helmet. Um, some Garrett popcorn, which was really good because it's um, kind of the Chicago thing. Um, uh, it's it's we got the Chicago mix of popcorn, which is uh, cheddar with uh, caramel corn. Really good stuff. Um, but we only got a little bag of it because we knew if we got a bigger bag of it, uh, we would just be stuffing ourselves and probably have a big stomach ache afterwards. Um, <laughs> and let's see. Oh, I also got a um, let's see a uh, big pretzel and um, with uh, some mustard, uh, a beer, and um, my daughter got a bottle of water 
and brought along some, uh, I think, turkey jerky that she got at uh, Trader Joe's before we came to the game. That was our lunch. And so, because we're not big hot dog fans, we're, we weren't going to eat a Chicago dog. Um, and I just, the, the things that are on a Chicago dog, I'm sorry if you love Chicago dogs, but I just could not eat it. I could not eat a regular hot dog or a sausage or anything like that. And so, but the thing is, was um, the reason why I kind of uh, held back and just eat snacks for my lunch or we we ate snacks for lunch was because I wanted to go to um, one of the Mexican restaurants um, uh, owned and run by Rick Bayless, who is, of course, a big authority of Mexican cooking and you know has shows on PBS all about Mexican food and uh, he has several uh, Mexican restaurants in um, the River North area of Chicago they're all kind of in this one block and uh, one is Frontera Grill I mean I think that's his first restaurant uh, you also have uh, Zoco, I think, well, maybe I'm not saying that right. <laughs> it's X-O-C-O. And uh, then there's also, um, oh gosh, the name of the restaurant escapes me, but I think it's called um, Topalma. Oh, I'm, I'm trying to look it up right now as I'm looking. I will look it up and get to it. I should have been more prepared when I'm doing this. But anyway, oh, Topo. Topo lo bampo, and <laughs> and I think that's um, you know one of the um, just one of the other restaurants. Frontera Grill is the kind of the flagship. Uh, Topo lo bampo is um, the uh, kind of the fancier restaurant, um, and then Zoko is you know where you can get tortas and um, just food you know to go. Um, you know it's like ca fast casual. But the place I ended up going to was Bar Sotano, and the reason was is because I was not able to get a a place at Frontera Grill. I just wanted to go sit in the bar since it was just me. My daughter was actually uh, meeting up with a friend. And so uh, I went by myself and uh, just decided to uh, get uh, just just some light appetizers and a drink. That was going to be my dinner. And so what I did is I got, uh, let's see, a taco that had a uh, mushrooms and mole amarillo which is yellow mole uh it was roasted wild mushrooms with oaxacan mole amarillo and um, navy bean mash basically it was like refried beans but just with uh, <laughs> just with navy beans instead um, i also got a really good dish that was um well i'll talk about the drink first i also had a drink that would was jalapeno with grapefruit um, G4 Blanco tequila infused with jalapenos, uh, fresh grapefruit juice, lime, and a dash of herb saint. Now, if you know what herb saint is, I probably should have asked the bartender, what the heck is this? What is herb saint? But it probably made the drink, and I was really happy that I, I got it. So, and uh, <laughs> um, and it was a really uh, just a, a, a different take I think on a um, on a margarita. Usually, I get a margarita, and I love margaritas. But um, this was, you know, quite different from that. Obviously, you know, instead of lime juice, it was grapefruit juice with this thing called herb saint. So I'll have to look that up at some point and find out what that is. And then the last thing I had was compachi. Uh, 
Tailadudita, I think I'm also mispronouncing that, um, with Yucatan flavors. Baja Campachi um, uh, is basically like an albacore tuna. So, and it was cured with Ricardo Negro, which is a charred chili, garlic, and spices. Um, a salsa, I'm not even going to try to pronounce this, it's called X-N-I-P-E-C, Zinepec, maybe, <laughs> salsa, with uh, tomato, habanero, and pickled onions, avocado mash, radishes, and cilantro. Now, the funny thing is, is that this actually looked like one big, um, you know, it was like a big nacho almost, but it, of course it didn't have cheese, it had all these other ingredients on it. So fresh, so delicious. Um, I probably could have eaten the second one, but um, then I probably wouldn't have been able to eat that taco. So, um, so yeah, I really, really uh, enjoyed going uh, to this restaurant, or actually it was a bar. Um, I wish I could have gone to Frontera Grill. Um, I probably should have just gone there earlier, wouldn't have been able to get a seat. Um, um, you know, it was a Saturday night, so didn't take that into account until I realized I couldn't get into Frontera Grill. So, of course, I'll have to go back to Chicago and try it. So anyways, but yeah, that was basically my time in Chicago about a month ago. And so I'm glad that I finally got this recorded. Um, the next episode that I would love to do is to talk about my time in the Riviera Maya, um, which really just consisted of my um, touring a few properties from AM, the AMR collection, or it used to be called AM Resorts, which is actually what I called it in my blog post this past week, um, toured five resorts there. Um, I will probably just give a really quick rundown of each one, maybe getting into more detail with the uh, resort that I stayed at. It was sort of the home base for us, um, for the, the group of travel agents and I, um, you know, who toured the properties. Uh, it's called Dreams Aventuras Riviera Maya, which was really nice, um, great for families. and. Um, and, you know, obviously I'll, I'll let you know about all the other resorts, the four other resorts that we toured, um, which were all fantastic. Um, it kind of changed my mind about, um, about all-inclusives. I also thought about maybe um, talking a little bit about El Dorado Royale, which was the all-inclusive where the Cruise Planners Convention was, um, which was also great. Um, and uh, what I saw, I might, what I might want to do is split the uh, um, episode into two parts and let you know how, you know, each one was just like I said, give a quick rundown of each one, which I, I think has kind of changed, like I said, my opinion of all inclusives. Um, I do see the value in them. I don't know if it's the kind of place I would stay at all the time, just like I don't know if I would go cruising all the time, but I definitely see the value and the merit and the appeal of staying at an all-inclusive resort and, uh, you know, for either for couples or families or friends getaways, you know, that sort of thing. So, so yeah, um, that will be next week's episode, um, actually for the next two. I'm also going to try to uh, take my computer with me and try to record a podcast episode from Celebrity Apex, which will be in a couple weeks. Um, you know, hubby and I are going to be going for a uh, three-day, three-night cruise uh, to the Bahamas 
So obviously, it's more a time to just experience the ship, not really to see the Bahamas, because <laughs> I think we're only going to be stopping in Nassau, and that's about it. So thanks for listening. Um, I really appreciate it if you could subscribe to the podcast. And if you love it, give a great review. Tell your friends and family about it. Um, And I will see you in uh, about a week. And to talk about the resorts that I stayed at and the resorts that I got to see on the Riviera Maya. So thanks for listening. And I will talk with you soon. Bye. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for listening to the Sansei Traveler podcast this week. Until next time, stay safe, happy, and healthy, and happy travels wherever you go.